Deborah Maris, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. Hey there. This is Kat. Thank you for joining my Stand Out and Grow podcast. Uh, And today I have a really, really special guest. Without further ado, I would uh, love to bring on my special guest, uh, Dulcie. Alone, she is a certified focal point business coach, and today she's going to talk about leading and building a team, and um, how you can get the most productivity and retention from uh, millennials and Gen Z, who are our resources today. Right? They are our resources, and she's going to give you some insights on some tips and tools on how we can get a lot going with this demographic. And so without further ado, let me bring on Dulcie. Hello, Dulcie. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. And I'm so, so thrilled to have you on today. So before we get started, you know, just give us some background as to, you know, your background and, and how did you get into business coaching and some of the things that you're doing? Sure. Uh, So I started early, early, early in my career out of college. I started at a small business and it was just run by a husband and wife. And uh, she liked, she did all the inside stuff and he went and and he just did outside sales and she loved to play tennis. So she wanted to go play tennis. And so that worked out well for me because she taught me how to run a small business, every aspect of it. So I did every position known to man with that small business. And then I went from there to America's corporate world and was a financial manager there and a process standardization manager and all kinds of things there and uh, learned a a ton. But as we've heard over and over from corporate America, uh, very stressful, uh, very stressful job, sacrificed a lot to be there for the 10 years that I was there. And then eventually my position was eliminated and I was laid off from there. And it when I when I got laid off from there, after about two weeks, I noticed that I had about four or five ailments just disappear. And so that was a real eye opener for me as far as the amount of stress that I was under. So I started to take a step back and say, what do I want to do differently? Because I don't want to go back to that kind of life. And I was trying to still figure that out when I stumbled across business coaching and this idea of coaching. And I was like, this sounds great because it takes out all the stuff I don't like. And it really uh, is, encompasses the two things I really love, which is getting businesses to run really well and helping people. 
And so I thought, man, maybe this is for me. And now flash forward 14 years, uh, I'm still here and I've never looked back. And I just love working with my small to medium sized business clients uh, to help them achieve their goals. I think that's awesome. And, you know, we ha- both have similar backgrounds because we're both working with um, small to mid-sized businesses and helping them in the various ways to, you know, for me, I always say stand out and grow, um, but to take their business to the next level, right? Take right. their business to the le- next level. And what are some of the things that they can do to get them there? Um, okay, so let's get into the topic that... Um, it's probably, well, I know for a fact it is a big topic because as we chatted before our going live, this was in the trades today where more and more companies are starting to see that the importance of understanding their employees, right? And not really making them happy, but providing the tools and the facility and things like that, right? To keep them motivated and happy. So, you know, Let's talk about that a little and what your perspective is in regards to that. Absolutely. Well, times times are a changing, right? So there was before COVID, there was challenges already that I was hearing from business owners. I'm sure you were hearing them too, with um, you know, I'm hiring more and more millennials, but I don't they have a such a different attitude and a different approach to work, and I don't know how to keep them. They can be incredibly productive, but I don't know how to keep them. And then um, we the pandemic hit, and that just created more complication because now everybody's attitude has changed uh, as as far as how they look at work, and so it's become it's become a big challenge that I hear over and over and over from from the business owners that I work with, and so. One of the things we have to recognize is that attitude towards work has changed, whether it's because we're a part of a certain generation or whether it's a post-pandemic thing, it doesn't matter. The attitude has changed. And one of the things that has really changed a lot is a, a zero tolerance for any kind of tox, toxic culture, yeah. right? There's just zero tolerance for that. And so if we think of the last several decades, we recognize that intellectual capital was the currency. And it took you years and you had to stay somewhere a year to to really develop that intellectual property. And then came the Internet. Right. And intellectual capital became nearly free or unavailable to everybody. Mm -hmm. And so then the currency became relational capital. Right. So the things have changed as time has gone on. And so now it's not about who, you know, but it's about who can I trust. Right. And big is out and boutique is in. And so we see even the biggest companies around the country trying to have that boutique feel by customizing things, making it much more personal. And so we've seen that in a lot of the strategies of, the, of even big companies because they recognize that that boutique is in and intimacy is really in now. And so when we look at millennials, um, the, the, the first one that, that we call the millennials Gen Y. And for those who don't know, they're typically born in the 1980s all the way up to the late mid to late 90s. And they're all about the experience. They're all about choices. They're all about independence and autonomy. And they want leaders who are flexible. They want to work for leaders and companies who are really, really flexible. And then we have our Gen Zers, which the early Gen Zers are starting to get into the work environment now. Uh, They're usually from the late 1990s to uh, about 2012. 
Yep. Um, they're about 25% of the population now, by the way. Uh, they want more than a job. They want purposeful work. They're really looking for that fulfillment. And they also are all about that independence and autonomy. They want control over their future. Um, as as I guess we, we can all admit to a certain extent we do, right? So that's what they're all about. Um, and so as we look at, um, as I looked at that and kind of researched this a little bit, I started thinking about what, are, what do I think the key things are that, that business owners need to do to really hire these people, attract these people, and then be able to retain them. Right, right. I mean, yeah. so, um, so you bring up a lot of points because, you know, some, some and social media, okay, because a lot of rumblings come when a people... And a lot of business owners put out there, you know, I'm hiring, I can't find anybody, you know, things like that. And then there are people out there that are looking, right, looking, and they say, there are no jobs for me. And I think what you're, to your point, that the business owners aren't listening to them. Like, there are no jobs for me. So they identify themselves, right? They're right. identifying themselves. And they don't see themselves, even though they're, like, all these companies are doing higher pay, bonus, you know, that's not motivating them to want to join that organization, you know? Because if you, if you look at, like, uh, somebody pointed out, they said, wow, somebody who works at McDonald's can make, you know, almost $20 an hour or, you know, at the local quick trip gas station, you know, and, and they're getting these big bonuses, but yet they can't find the people. And there are so many people out there looking for jobs. It's more about fit, right? Fit. And I don't think people are understanding that. It's not that that person doesn't see that job. They're just more picky, Right. Right. It's about fit and it's about fulfillment. People just are looking for meaningful work. They're looking to be a part of a culture that really speaks to them. You know, and that's that that's point number one for me is when business owners say, well, what can I do? And I start with the culture. Yep. Because um, our most business owners, the knee jerk reaction is is exactly what you said. Oh, well, let's just pay more. Right. Well, pay is not really the motivator for most people. It's really about being a part of an environment that really speaks to them and resonates and feeling like their work is fulfilling. Yep. Um, and it's about that fit, as you said. And so culture is the first thing. And we've heard about, and if, if, if any of your audience hasn't, they need to go watch Simon Sinek's video, Start With Why. It's one of my favorites. But that is the first thing you do to cr start creating that culture in your business. It starts with why are you doing this business in the first place? Yep. Right. And so you create your purpose and then your vision and your values and your mission statements. And these are all things that a lot of business owners feel like are touchy feely, yep. you know, who really cares, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And they don't want to deal with it. But honestly, what I found with my clients is we really focus on this for a long time until they suss it all out. They figure out what culture they really want to commit to. And then the key is to commit to it. Yep. Because as Simon Sinek points out and what we've seen with my clients in reality is people, people will come work for you because they believe what you believe. Right. But you have to be able to articulate that. And it has to be the kind of culture, again, that resonates with people who are looking for work. 
Yeah. So, okay. I love that you brought that up because I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. So, and that's a great either video if you watch his TED Talk, it's awesome, or his mm-hmm. book, either one. Yeah. You know, if you pick one at, at one or the other, it doesn't matter. So the, the big thing he pulls out and one of the best examples he talks about is this millennial who is, has two jobs, right? He has two jobs. He has a corporate job and then he has this job on the side that he loves as a, as a boutique, what do you call it? A coffee person? Oh, a barista? Barista. Thank you. Yeah. Barista at a coffee shop. Uh, you know, and he loves that job. He loves, he, he gets more fulfillment out of that job. And this kid hates going to his corporate job, just hates it because he feels undervalued, unappreciated. He's just a number. It's so big that he's lost in that, right, in that atmosphere. And Simon Sinek po- points out all the variables there between comparing the being at this small coffee shop to the big corporation, you know, and if I'm sure if the kid had a choice, he would gravitate to the coffee shop because he just feels fulfillment there. He feels appreciated and little things like that, right? Little things that um, are pushing his buttons, right? Right. The And so some of the things, and I'm just going to, I'll just tap on some of the things that I've encountered, okay? Not what I've done as a corporate America manager, but some of the things that I've seen or haven't been imposed on me. And then you can like address those if, okay. if whoever's watching is doing some of these things, because I think they're doing more damage than good, right? More damage than good. And they need to change fast, right? People need to change fast. You got to react because if you're not reacting now, you can't wait. This is not going to change, you know. It's all of a sudden everybody's going to wake up and it's going to go back to normal. And we're all going to be corporate America. No, no. no, So some of the things I've seen that I feel like are really damaging are when companies are really looking at their clock and when people walk in and walk out. Right? They're looking at their clock. So they're that type of management system that. Um, and I've seen it, I see like, uh, in the office where they kind of poke fun of that or, you know, other movies, you know, where right. someone's at the door literally looking like, oh, you're one minute late, you know, who cares? You yeah. know what I mean? Or if someone chooses to um, go out of the office to eat and the company habit is for everybody to stay at their desk, you know. Like little things like that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so t- give me some feedback on some of that because I don't think people understand it's little things. It's yes, it's the devil's in the details here for sure, right? Yeah. Um, we used to in in my corporate days, we used to call that chalking our tires, right? Because um, <laughs> yes, that's yeah, good. Because the the traditional decades old attitude is that. The only way you can be productive is if you're here in the office and I know you're here in the office and you clock in at this time and you clock out at that time. And that is a very antiquated idea. And what the smart companies are really figuring out nowadays is that people are actually more productive with more flexibility. And so we see a lot of companies moving to this results-oriented type of approach to the work, which Mm -hmm. if you go all the way to totally, if you're 100% results oriented, what that typically means 
is that we're not, people are not clocking in, they're not clocking out. We don't even have standard hours for them to work. We basically tell them that they can come in when they want, work when they want, not work when they want, as long as they're producing the results that we're expecting of them, we don't really care when they're working or right. necessarily where they're working. Now that's the that's the 100% extreme. Now the reality is my clients, most of my clients and most of the business owners I talk to are can't and will not just flick a switch and become 100% results oriented, right? Yep. So it's it's really about evolving into that as far as that particular company is comfortable going, but as you said, we have to recognize that we have to go there Yep. yep. to some extent because this is not going to change. Nope. This is the new normal. This is not going to change. People's attitudes are not going to change. So we have to change and adjust to that. Uh, and so uh, what I encourage my clients to do, what I encourage business owners to do is take those little steps, begin moving in that direction. Maybe it starts with just having more flexible hours. Yep. You know, maybe it starts with some more unique and creative benefits. There's companies uh, that are now saying, you know what, we close for a week every year or even more, a couple of weeks every year where the whole company just shuts down. So you get an additional week off on top of your vacation that you earn. And so there's all kinds of really creative ideas that are coming out of, of the marketplace now and, and companies are coming up with to really keep that flexible, autonomous kind of culture going, but yet not sacrificing results to get it. Yep. So, okay. <laughs> a lot it, to unpack there. Well, <laughs> this just popped to my head because I just had a conversation. This could, could be a great marketplace for you, okay? I just had this conversation with a general manager of a TV station in some area, okay? Not a major market, in a smaller market, okay? Um, and so his dialogue to me was, Kat, I need help with recruitment, Okay. I need help with recruitment. I can't find any good people. And so my conversation back to him was, well, what are you doing to get their attention? You know, what are you doing? Are you telling them they can be flexible, that they can work from home? What are you doing? So his comeback was, well, they're going to get paid well. They're going to get paid well. Once again, that old school mentality. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm not comfortable with them working from home. I'm old school. <laughs> and here's my thought, you know, because just like what you had mentioned, if that's his attitude, he's probably never going to find good people, right? Good mm -hmm. people, because his attitude is, I'm old school. Well, you know, I'm thinking, dude, who gives a shit? You need to change. If you want good people, who gives a shit if you're old school, right? right. Yeah. And and the other thing that he, so, so big problem with uh, retention and hiring, right? Big problem with retention and hiring. Um, and then the second one or the third one I would say is good people. Cause those are the three things that I, I pulled out extrapolated from that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it's all these three things are keeping his business from growing. Yes. 
Yes. So what do you want to say to this? Because I hope he's watching. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I want to say that the people that are looking for jobs, the people that are working now, one of the key things they want is flexibility, flexibility in, in all of its forms. So the moment we say I'm old school, what we're saying is I'm inflexible. Yep. Right. And so I love it. I to, love it. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it, so it's really about and, and, and nobody is saying and I'm not even arguing either that there are some old school things worth keeping. Yep. But what we have to do is is grow and we have to change. We have to keep what works and just discard what doesn't work anymore. And a lot of the old school ideas, sorry, they just don't work with the newer, younger generations. They just don't. So, and that flexibility has to be there. And as I said before, business owners need to realize that productivity and results don't only come one way. Right. Right, from clocking in, clocking out, sitting in a cubicle. In fact, we get less productivity that way. We're finding business owners all over the country are finding that, wow, when I give more flexibility, I give flex hours, I'm mm -hmm. a little looser, I let people own their lives a little bit more, I let them own their job a little bit more, and we're not doing that traditional pounding them like crazy for results they find that the results get better. They actually get better productivity. The people actually work longer many, many times and the results get better. Yes. Uh, so, but it, it's, I know it's scary when it's new. It's anything new is scary, right? right? Anything new is scary. Committing to your purpose and your vision and really creating what that is, that's scary and committing to it and going, no, this is who we are. We're only gonna hire people who are who believe in this. Those are all scary things. So I can empathize with that. Yep. But as I think we've both kind of said ad nauseum here is it's time to change. You, right. you have to, you have to move forward and create a new kind of environment. Okay. So I'm going to give you, you and anybody watching or listening, I'm going to give you some uh, good case studies because what you're saying is so, so true. And I don't think people understand how, how compelling this is and it's so true so a friend of mine uh in a major market um selling you know television okay in a major market so he told me he had the best years of selling the highest sales of his career during the two years of COVID. okay this company that's so stupid okay so stupid. And he was their top seller those two years. He had the best year. You would think advertising went down, right? Down. And he had the best year those two years because he worked from home, A, okay? He was more productive. Didn't have to drive back and forth. He was very productive. Got, got it done, right? And yet when COVID was wrapping around, the company announced to everyone, oh, you're working from home and it's going to be five days a week and whatever. And he said, you gave me a taste of freedom. Why right. would you take it away from me? And I was highly productive. Right. He quit. He quit his job after two months of being told you have to come in the office. So that's one case study, right? Mm -hmm. you, they just lost a very, very qualified, highly, right, productive person. They lost it because of their rules, their 
rules. Okay. The second case study is my personal case study that I love sharing um, because, of course, I had an office and I had a team at an office. And then when we went remote, right, everybody in my team was remote. A highly productive team, highly productive team remote, highly over the top productive. Whereas my office team wasn't even near, I, if I had to give you the variance, like completely different level of right. people and absolutely love it and absolutely love empowering my people and letting them have the freedom to know they know their job. I don't need to micromanage them. They got it done when they needed to get it done, right? They got it done. And so, you know, two really, really great case studies there. So I'm going to throw another one at you because we have lots of time. So I, I'm part of the CEO forum, okay? And where CEOs come together and they kind of throw things at each other because they want to solve their problems. And one of the CEOs, uh, and this is um, in a small companies, right? All of them probably 10 employees or less, all small companies. One CEO, because we were talking about, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to make your team come back to the office? What are you going to do? And one gentleman said, I need my employees to be at the office because I need to know, and this is a printing company, I need to know the designs she's making because she was a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what part of a graphic designer has to be in an office? <laughs> like, does she have to print off the design and show it to you? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, yeah. Why? Yeah. The, yeah. the question raises so, the question. Why? So he, the red flag to me was, I need to I need. So right. do you want to address that? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't realize what they're saying. Yes, I, yes, absolutely. I will address that. So again, one of the traditional ideas from a culture perspective is company, boss, employee, clear roles, and we act according to those roles. Again, very old sort of antiquated idea because now people are looking for a collaborative type environment. So if, if someone raised this question to me, if a business owner raised this question to me, um, outside of asking a ton of questions, which I certainly would do, <laughs> my, my, my advice would be to ask your employees what they want, right? Because Equally, what we've also heard a lot from a lot of employees is, I kind of miss the camaraderie. I kind of miss being around people. And so for most people, what the right answer tends to be, if there is such a thing as a right answer, is some kind of hybrid type of arrangement. And so, again, it, it flies in the face of how a lot of CEOs tend to think, but it's about asking your employees what they want and then providing what they want. Yep. yep. Right. Because again, as long as you're getting the results as a CEO, why do you care where they are or how long they're there? Whatever the case may be, it doesn't really matter as long as you're getting the results, but this is a really big paradigm shift oh, yeah. for so many um, CEOs. And they feel like, I think there's a little bit of a feeling of losing power or losing control by giving the employees what they want, asking them what they want, and then responding to that. But 
what they don't understand is it's really not a loss of control at all. It's really providing that freedom so that you can get better results, so that your business gets better results, right? It's just responding to the environment. It's responding to the type of people who are now looking for jobs and working for these employers. Yeah. I feel like it's... um... It's a little bit of empowerment. You're empowering your people, yes. right? And that's exactly and that, it. To me, is like the biggest, like, uh, kind of compliment you could give a person, right? Right. And that's the third big thing for me in in working with business owners. And when they say, "What what do I do? What do I do?" That's the other piece. Is management is out. Right. Like get rid of this idea of management and telling people what to do, which again is a real shift because even myself, I can say this, probably you too, is that we've always been rewarded for solving problems Mm -hmm. all of our careers. And so it's programmed into us to tell people what to do and to solve problems. But what we really need to shift to now is being the coach. Yep. So it's about asking questions and empowering our employees to come up with their own solutions and their own ideas, which oftentimes are better than ours anyway. Um, (laughs) But it's really about that engagement and that empowerment. And so it's not about telling people what to do anymore. It's about asking questions and getting them to identify what they think they should do. Yeah. So when an a CEO or president or a director, whoever the case may be, okay, when they can't get past this, right, they can't get past the, okay, let's have them have flex time or let's let's ask them what they want, you know, do you think there's a little bit of distrust? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. In fact, I mean, I- because to me, that's a little insulting too, okay? Well, it is. And, and especially millennials, that doesn't go over very well at all for like a pregnant pole vaulter. It just does not. <laughs> it just does not work because they're all about that autonomy and that independence. And the trade off, they recognize that the trade off for that independence and autonomy is I need to be productive. I need right. to I need to give my share. I need to do what I'm supposed to do. So when there's distrust there, uh, it just doesn't. The whole thing falls apart. And and as I said before, we're it, it's all about who can I trust now. It's all about a trusting and collaborative relationship. It's no longer about boss employee. Yep. It's it's so much more collaborative and it's so much more relational now. And so when you have distrust with any relationship, when there's distrust, we know it it fails miserably, right? Yeah. Yep. So um, you know, and I, I I correct that language a lot of times with CEOs because they'll say, Well, I don't trust my employees to do this. And I say, Well, is it trust or is it just confidence? You need to have the confidence that they are um, doing it correctly right. or that they, they have the knowledge and training they need to have. Um, because that word trust can be really, really dangerous. Yeah. Um, because it's not necessarily that they don't trust them, uh, but it's more that they just have to know they have the confidence yeah. that that person is competent and can do um, what they need to be doing. Yeah. So, but, but there is, you're, you're absolutely right. There is distrust there and that the relationship will fall apart for sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, cause I, you know, I come from the old schoolage 
of work hard, corporate America. I drank the Kool-Aid, you know, first in, last out. Right. You know, I was trained and brainwashed that, you know, and it was a it was a transition for me to let go of control, let go of it. Right. It was um, it was probably me coaching myself mentally right to say you're not you shouldn't be in control you don't need to always be in control you need to empower your people you need to have the confidence in them that they're going to get the job done you if you teach them and coach them the right tool sets right Mm -hmm. then they'll get it done they will get it done the way you want you hire them for a reason right right because you believe and know that they could perform the job so i know that there are a lot of presidents and CEOs that are old school thinking of, I was brainwashed. You come first in, last out, you know, and Mm -hmm. that is probably going to be the biggest thing for them to overcome and maybe need help with, right? Because that to me is a work through. And, And for me, I can't tell you how long I got over it. I don't know. You know, I don't, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you a time frame or anything like that. Um, because, you know, I think about that with the guy I had the conversation with and the first response was I'm old school, you know, and I'm thinking that's not going to work today. It's not going to work. You're hiring millennials. You are hiring millennials. That's all that's going to apply is millennials. That's all, like you said, that's the workforce right now. That is it. You got to change, right? You got to change. Absolutely. Well, and the first change happens in here, right? Right. Because most CEOs still believe that the sign of a great CEO is that they're always there. They're first in, last out, and they're always there to solve everybody's problems. And when the crisis happens, they're there to put the fire out that's the attitude but what they don't realize and this this has nothing to do with the changing times this has always been true the sign of a really good ceo or a really good manager is they cannot be there and everything runs exactly the way it's supposed to yep but again that's a huge mental paradigm shift for for most people because They've been brainwashed, as you said, the yep. other way, right? I have oh, yeah. to be here. I have to stay late. I have to put out the fires. I have to tell people what to do, all those kind of things. But when we engage people, when we empower people, and over time we we allow them the freedom to, to solve problems on their own, then what happens is we turn into that great manager, that great CEO, because now we can leave. <laughs> And everything just runs smoothly. And and we think the other way is like, I need that for job security. And honestly, we don't because the smoother things run and the better results that you get, that's the job security. That's that's what we really want to see. And so absolutely, it's a big shift. It's a big change for so many people. But again, those millennials... And, and now starting with the Gen Zers that are starting to get out into the work environment mm-hmm. now, um, we've got to make those changes. We've right. got to make those. Ad- the, anyone who doesn't is going to for sure fall behind because, yep. and one of the conversations you brought up people who are just kind of locked in, right? I'm old school. I'm not changing. This is as if I were their coach, I would ask questions about, well, what are the consequences of that? 
right? Yeah. What what are going to be the consequences? Okay, so fine. You don't want to change. You're digging your heels in. That's great. Let's play that tape all the way to the end. Yeah. What what are going to be the consequences of that? And get them to articulate what are those consequences? And they're probably going to say things like, I'm not going to be able to get good people. Right. Well, what kind of impact is that going to have on your business? Probably not good, I'm guessing. <laughs> right. So, right. And so that flexibility, flexibility, flexibility is so important. And just that willingness to learn and change and grow with the changing times is so important. This has been awesome, Dulcie. This has been awesome. I love this conversation. I could go on and on and on. I see. could too. This has been so much yes. fun. <laughs> this is this is awesome. So it, for anybody that is tuning in and listening, if they need help, like tell them how to get a hold of you. You know, is, are there things that you're doing that um, maybe they can reach out and maybe have, you know, consult with you or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. So the best way to get me is through my email, which is dloan, my first initial last name, D-L-O-E-H-N, at focalpointcoaching.com. It's down there. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that's the best way to reach me. And I always offer a free coaching session because a lot of people don't really know what coaching's like because a lot of people yep. haven't had a business coach and so they don't know kind of how that works and so i always do that free coaching session with people to get so that they can kind of get a feel for what that's like and how it can really help them with their business yeah so let's touch on uh, some categories of business because what we're talking about isn't just affecting retail small business um you know this has an effect on any type of business that's out there right a call center, Absolutely. anything, banking, anything, anything. Right? Yeah. The, the differentiator for me and the clients that I look for are really passionately committed business owners and it can be really any business, but it's about passionately committed business owners that really want to go to that next level. They really want to get to that next level and succeed more and make more money and be more successful and have a great team all of those kind of things and people who are just open and willing to learn and grow and challenge themselves. Yeah. I think if I've learned anything um, from my conversations with you or, you know, a lot of other mentors is, is, you know, business owners are just like athletes. Like you have to train, you have to get better, you have to have guidance, you have to have mentors, because if you don't do these things like an athlete, you're never going to grow your business, right? Grow your business mm -hmm. to the next phase that you want to grow in, or you're not going to be able to take your business to that next level of whatever it is that you're goal setting at, you know, whether it's a financial goal or a, um, you know, elevation goal or office goal, whatever it is, you know. Right. Exactly. You're, you're exactly hundred percent right. And I always like the sports comparison because when you think about it, if you think about football, for example, which I'm a fan of, excuse me, the, the, the best players, what do you notice what that they do with the best players? Those are, those are the ones that have like three different coaches. Oh yeah. You know, because they recognize that we're going to get the biggest return from those people. Um, and so we're going to invest in them. And, and for CEOs and business owners who own their own business, this is an investment in yep. you to be the best. Absolutely. That you can be, which 
who wouldn't want to do that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Dulcie, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I love the insights. And if somebody wants to have a conversation with you further about this, which is a great conversation, because again, I'm going to reiterate to everybody or anybody, whoever is watching or listening uh, to this podcast is the largest percentage of your employees is millennials make up 25% now. That is the largest percent right now. And those are the ones that are looking for jobs. That is, that's where you're going to farm them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those yep. are the ones. So again, if you want to have a conversation with Dulcie, she is more than willing to have the conversation with you. And thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Kat. I appreciate you having me. Okay, thanks. And thank you for watching and tuning in today for my Stand Out and Grow podcast. Uh, until next time, as I always end this, you got this. And thank you again. And tune in to Stand Out and Grow. Go to the website for more details at standoutandgrow.com. And I will talk to you and see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. Advertise helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more.